Father, it's good to it's good to pray. <laughs> it's good to talk with our Papa. It's good to um, line our hearts up with yours and remember truth. It's good to sit under the shower of of your kindness and your your gentleness and your tenderness towards us. God, the very when our hearts start to weep for others because we see the pain and we see how much you love these your children all over the earth. So just moments ago as our as our hearts were crying some of ours Lord help us to see that you have that same exact tenderness for each one here. There's no difference. That father your father's heart is so tender. Um relentlessly kind you pursue us father. You pursue us with your love. You overtake us with your love. I'm so grateful. And asking God that you would, would continue to tenderize our hearts, even tonight as we, as we look at the word, as we look at Jesus, the living word, the, the truth, the hope, the light, to tenderize our hearts some more, Father, because we are alive for something really extra special. Um, that in your goodness, in your desire, you, you've had us here in this time. And as, as Justin said moments ago, those, those who are given much, much is required. And that's, that's not a pressure thing. That's just saying, Hey, Hey, you didn't, you didn't choose to um, be in this free country. Uh, I put you here and, and what will you do with your freedom? And I, and I loved you first. I loved you before you did anything. I love you always. What are you going to do with that love? So Lord, put, put your heart deeper into ours. Give us the courage to step out, to make a difference, especially when we feel overwhelmed, especially when we feel like we don't know what we can do. God, especially in those times, give us the courage to step out to do something, no matter what it seems so small to us, just to do something. It's making a big difference. All of us together are making a huge difference. All of us together are the very body of Christ all over the world that's growing and thriving and moving and making a difference. Thank you, Father. Thank you. So I moved I moved down here tonight because I wanted to I wanted to be up here with you. Um I was I was uh I was deeply touched this last weekend with with Doug Addison. I don't know how many. I, I know most of you were were there last weekend. And um, one of the things that Doug did at the end, he had Suzanne and I come forward, and and he had us. He he talked about keys to revival and said, he said, you two are are carriers of some of those keys. But he also said, there's a lot of you in this room that are that are also carriers. And I want. I just want to. First of all, I want to say this that. Um, that what was what what has been entrusted to us isn't just for Suzanne and myself. It's it's for this whole family that's choosing to go with us. Because we, apart from you, we're Suzanne and I can do this much. You know, with you we can do this much. So you, it's this is a this is a group thing. This is not about uh, two individuals. But it, it did. I was reflecting uh, on how much this has been an invitation from the Lord. Last week, I would, I would say it was pretty heavy. Um, you actually don't always know it because Doug uses so much humor, you know, that you don't realize because you're laughing so much. You don't realize how deep he's going. The Lord is going through him. 
But last week, um, you know, he was talking about how judgment has been, has been robbing, um, the church for so many years of so many moves of God. And, and because we judge each other, um, we're cutting short the fullness of the blessing that the Lord intended. And, um, it caused me, um, this last week, I, it caused me to, to really think and ponder and pray about uh, our journey. Um, we've been here, Suzanne and I have been here 25 years in this, in this region, 25 years in Pleasanton for the most part, 26 years now. And, um, about over 20 years ago, I don't know exactly the date, maybe 22 years or something like that. That would make sense, right? Doug said every 11 years, wouldn't that make sense? 22 years ago, uh, about, um, the Lord, um, spoke very clearly to me. A word, he said, my spirit is going to sweep through this region with or without you. Do you want to be part of it? Sometimes we think the words like that are harsh. That's actually not harsh at all. He's just honest. We have a will. We have, there's, there's choice in the matter. Um, there have been times in my life where I've been so convinced of the goodness of God that I thought, well, it really doesn't matter what I do. And there's part of me that understands thinking like that because he's so good. Even in our mistakes, he says, yeah, I got that one covered. But let me tell you, I'm, I'm once again being, uh, reawakened to the truth that what I, what I do, what my act of my will, my choices make a ton of difference. Cause he works with us. He wants us to grab a hold of his heart and to go with him. So 22 years ago, um, you know, we were given a word. He's going to sweep through this, going to sweep through this valley with or without you. And our response, it wasn't just my response. Suzanne and myself together said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. That's always been our cry is yes, Lord. Especially when we don't know what to pray or we don't know what God's doing. Yes, Lord. <laughs> when we don't understand, we're still going to go. And one of the things Doug said that I can tell you really struck home. The first thing he said about, he said, I don't know, you know, all of what these keys are for. What I do know is you two are still standing. And that is by the grace of God. That is by the grace of God. Somehow, um, I'm standing up here and telling you I'm one of the, I'm one of the two pastors in this whole Tri-Valley that have been here the longest. You know, there's two of us that have been here 26 years. I, you know, that's weird to me. That's really weird because just yesterday, meaning two decades ago when I got here, I looked at some of these older pastors and I, and I went, geez, you know, some of them are, they're, they're a little staunchy. Um, trying to be kind. I'm not trying to say anything mean. I just thought, well, they, they've been around a long time and some of them don't seem very, they don't seem very happy. They seem kind of grumpy. <laughs> and, um, and now, you know, slowly, 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 just by being around long enough now, um, Suzanne and myself work, we're kind of the parents out there and, and actually, I, I know many of you know this, some of you don't. I actually oversee the gathering of the pastors in this region. Many of the younger ones kind of look up to me as a mentor. Um, it's a joy to do it and I'm not staunchy and I'm not grumpy. <laughs> um, but this invitation we've been given, it fits with everything God has spoken to us over the last 25, 26 years of being here. It's why we're still here. Cause we know, we know that, um, a greater revival is coming. We know that God's heart is huge for this Bay Area.
um, it's, it's why we're here. We're not going anywhere. Some of you, you know, I know, I know, uh, there's so much transition in all of our lives. None of us honestly know what tomorrow holds, let alone next month, next year. So it's not like I'm up here making promises. I'm just telling you, we're pretty dang rooted here. I don't think we're going anywhere with what the Lord has spoken over us and what we're here to be part of in this Bay Area. So when Doug spoke these words last week about this intensity of, of, um, you know, what judgment has done to the church. Um, it really struck something in me. And um, I wanted to talk about that tonight because I believe Doug, Doug's an opener of things. You know, he comes and opens things up in the spirit. And, and, and in a sense, he was, he was handing out this invitation to all of us, saying, God's saying, hey, it's time again. You know, even though, even though judgment's kind of, really hurt you, which means it hurts God too, but it, it hurt the things that I wanted to do. But guess what? Let's do it again. It's time again. So Doug like brought the invitation. Tonight, I want us, I'm going to lead us into really allowing the Lord to take a good look inside of our hearts. Because how, how do we get ready for such a thing? You know, how do we get ready for the harvest? It's not a, an event. I used to think that, you know, it's an event. And we'll just have the right speaker and a really cool worship leader. And then five million people will be here and everybody will get saved. And no, that's, that's awesome. I'm not saying God couldn't do that. But really what it is, it's us getting our hearts right so that as we go and start encountering people one by one by one, we have a different heart that's encountering them. Because we're not judging them. We're loving them. Because we're getting God's heart for them. So I want to do that tonight. And then next week, um, Pastor Susan is gonna, is gonna teach. We don't often do this really where we set it up, but I just felt so strongly that this invitation had, it's not just an invitation to revival. It's an invitation for God to, to, to help, uh, to heal our hearts up of any hurt and offense and judgment in our hearts so that we can experience the fullness of all he wants to do. And I thought it would just be wrong to move on to the, okay, what's the next thing? Doug was cool. What's the next thing? No, no, no. How about we actually listen to the invitation that the Lord gave us and we actually go there and go deeper. Susan's going to go even deeper next week doing uh, what Susan does, which just she just brings this healing, you know, draws out um, the deeper healing that you need. Like t- today, I'm going to call this more of an act of your will. I just want to show you the Lord's heart. We're, we're all going to get challenged today. Believe me, I've been challenged a ton this week. I'm going to tell you about it. Um, today's going to be, tonight's going to be more of an act of the will and the Holy Spirit's still already going to do some healing for sure. And next week, he might even just go in and do some deeper surgery with you, especially if you, if you have the desire and the will to forgive and to release judgment, but it just doesn't seem like it's there, like it's stuck. Susan has a good way of, Holy Spirit uses Susan to unstuck you. I know that was the wrong tense. I did that on purpose for emphasis. Okay. So my message tonight is stop the madness. Choose not to judge. Stop the madness. You don't, you don't hear me having a message like that too often, but this is how, this is how strong I'm feeling it. Like meaning this is, it's craziness that we have this Papa who adores us, who loves us, who pours out his love. And, and think about any of you parents out there, if you have more than one child, you know they have their moments where they're not loving each other and how much you want them to love each other. Come on. 
how much the Father wants us to love each other. Oh, that's His heart. He is, he is the Father. Above any other name, He's Father. He wants His kids to love each other. And so, um, we're gonna take a, we're gonna take a look at this today. And I wanna say, um, last week, when we were in worship, um, I was right there, of all places. Oh yeah, where I'm always in worship. And, um, I'm, I'm wanting, I'm wanting just to get lost in worship. I'm wanting, Lord, just, ah, oh, I want to feel your presence. I love feeling your presence. And, um, and so right in the middle of worship though, suddenly pops up someone's, you know, someone's face. Um, and I'm realizing it's someone that I'm a little bit tweaked at still. I'm like, ah, oh, bummer. Cause I want to worship. But you, and, and there was actually two, two different faces that came up. And I'm, I'm being honest with you because I want you to know that I, I so don't want to live in judgment. I so, I am so, God, I, I want your presence. I don't want anything in the way. Therefore, I've learned a long, long, long time ago that things like offense and judgment, when they creep up, they just start robbing us, you know, of what God intended. So I'm, I really, like, like many of you, I, I'm pretty quick to, if I feel something, Lord, I forgive them, I release them. But it came up again. I'm like, well, that's odd. And, and one of the people, it, it was just someone that, um, that I felt really didn't understand my heart, who kind of, uh, I felt, you know, had judged me. They were, they just misunderstood my heart. And, and I realized right then my heart was still hurt. And, and you have to understand, I did not know what Doug was going to speak that night. I did not know that his main message was going to be how judgment had robbed the church and that we need to come in, in the opposite spirit of love. God knew, obviously. God knew what, that Doug was going to be calling us up to, to receive some keys, to be, um, excuse me, carriers of keys. So, so that, that was one. The other was really someone that, um, I just thought I had a bigger place in their life than I really did. And they went through things and, and there was just a, there's, I guess, still an ache there, um, of, gosh, I thought there was something different there than, than we really had. And, um, so, Right in the middle of worship, again, I'm thinking, ah, oh, I just wanted to worship. Darn it. And then I thought, okay, no, all right, Lord, I, I, I just said to each person by name, I said, I do not judge you. I release you. I said those words. I do not judge you. I release you. I forgive you. I bless you. And, and almost as quickly as it came, it, it, it went away. And then it wasn't until later that I realized just how important that was, that God knew exactly what he was doing because he knew um, you know, along the lines of Doug's message of how much judgment robs us. And, and really the gift that we were, the affirmation is kind of what I would call it, the affirmation of what Doug was going to bring as far as us being carriers of the keys that really fit in with every reason in the world why he's had us here for the last 25 years. But I know that, that again, those keys were not just for us, nor is the invitation to release judgment. It wasn't just for us. It's for, for all of us. Um, sometimes we try to rationalize. I'm not judging you. I'm just silently correcting your imperfections. It's amazing. I, I want to say, I'm not calling anybody out because then I'd be judging you for judging. I'm just saying, this is an issue that's a part of something all of us are going to have to continually deal with. Because people will come in and hurt us. They will misunderstand. In some, some cases, in some of your cases, there's been, you know, horrible abuse and things that are very 
hard to get healed, not too difficult for Jesus, but just take a longer time to get healed. Um, but often it's just that daily, and we don't even know how quick we're doing it. Um, but we will, we will quickly judge someone and say, and, and we, we, we think we're perfectly right in doing so. Here's a, a, a phrase we all grew up with in, you know, grade school, sticks and stones may break my bones, but here's the new one, but words will always hurt me. Um, I saw this online too. This was just somebody's honest writing. They said, sticks and stones may break my bones, but your words break my heart. I'm not as strong as you think I am. I'm no Superman. Just letting this one sink in for a minute because um, each of us know exactly what this is about because this has happened to us. Everyone in this room, there's people that have hurt you uh, with their words, with their judgments. And this is the part that's really hard. Everyone in here, we've done it to somebody. We've done it to people. Even when we don't want to. Even when it's not our intention. There's times when we want to. If we get into a vindictive place, you know, where we can really purposely try to lash out and see how much we can wound without realizing just how deep the scars go. This is from James 3, verses 9 to 11 in The Voice. He says, ironically, this same tongue can be both an instrument of blessing to our Lord and Father and a weapon that hurls curses upon others who are created in God's own image. And I'm not just talking about Christians, believers. I'm talking about every child on the earth. One mouth streams forth both blessings and curses. My brothers and sisters, this is not how it should be. This isn't how our Papa made his kingdom. And then he uses an analogy. Does a spring gush crystal clear fresh water and moments later spurt out bitter salt water? He's saying, don't you see how incongruent this is? See, God's given us a will. He's given us the ability to make choices, um, including how we're going to choose to respond to people. But he's also put his very own spirit right inside of us. So we have everything we need to operate a light in a life of grace and love and honor. Every one of us at times is going to be tempted not to go that way, though. And, and, and sometimes those temptations are so fast, we don't even know it, you know, in the moment when it comes. Somebody pushes a button, and before you know it, you know, you're responding in a certain way that has nothing to do with who you are inside. So this is not about grace, and, uh, about, excuse me, this is not about condemnation and shame, by the way. This is not even about self-help. This is not about you changing yourself and telling God, I'm sorry, I'll never do this again. That's just not a prayer that you can keep. Um, this is about asking God to make your heart more and more aware of who it is who's lived inside of you, what you carry, because you're a carrier of peace and a carrier of his glory. And so that quicker and quicker, what I call the lag time between when you've done something that's not your real self in Christ and the time when you are aware of it so that you can turn and say, Lord, that's not what I want to do. I want to go back to who I am. That lag time, I'm praying for you, for all of us, that our awareness would be so keen that that lag time would be really short. 
Meaning you say something out of your mouth and two seconds later you can say, that is not right. I am so sorry. That's not who I am. Even though I'm upset right now, I'm a person of honor. I honor you as, as you know, a child of the king. I don't know who you're talking to. That language may or may not be appropriate. But that heart behind it saying, I'm sorry, that was wrong. Please forgive me. And you know, when God starts talking <laughs> this last week, um, I have another, st- I'm going to share another story in a little bit about another place where he showed me how quickly um, we can judge, how quickly I judged. Um, but you know, when God talks to you, he's been talking to me all week about this because he's really serious about pouring out his spirit in a way that we've all been crying out for for a long, long time. But with it comes responsibility. It's it's not about getting our acts together so that God will pour out his spirit. That's not it. He gives the invitation. He he empowers us and he says, wouldn't you want this? See, that's our father. He's like, wouldn't you want this? Here, I've empowered you to do this so you can have all my blessings. So this week I'm I'm driving along and I hear this song and I'm I'm telling you it just fits into everything. It starts hitting me really hard. Strumming my pain with his fingers, singing my life with his words, killing me softly with his song, killing me softly with his song, telling my whole life with his words, killing me softly with his That's a, you know, as I'm listening to this song, I'm getting all weepy. I'm like, what is this? God will use everything when he's talking to you. He'll use all kinds of, you know, media and means and whatever it is to get your attention. But that song, if you don't know it, it's just, it's a very melancholy song. And, and, um, but it was just, I was hearing God's heart in it. How much he cries that, that we're killing each other with our words. Um, it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. Um, a lot of times we will judge others by their behavior, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. Well, I didn't, you know what I meant. My intentions were good. But see, we often won't assume that for the other person. We won't assume their intentions are good. You know, we're just looking at their behavior and making judgments based on that. So um, a little bit earlier, we we sang about um, God's kingdom coming, right? And this is ever since um, I've known Bill Johnson, uh, 14, 15 years now, um, this is a scripture I've heard him preach or say more than any other. It's, I would say Bethel has, Bill Johnson has brought the scripture to light to the world in a, in a new way. At least I feel that way. And, uh, but here is the context of of when when you know, disciples said Jesus teach us how to pray, he said, Jesus said, "This then is how you should pray." This is Matthew six nine to fifteen. This then is how you should pray: Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts or trespasses, as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And that's where we end it. But this is the next thing Jesus said. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. If you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. 
Can you hear the pin dropping in here? Yeah, this isn't a verse we talk about a whole lot. Brent, what about that loving papa you said? Where, where's he in this? I'm going to get back to that in just a minute. I, I promise. I'm not going to leave that one hanging. But I first want to read Proverbs 18. A man's stomach will be filled with the fruit of his mouth. He will be filled with what his lips speak. That's going to be good or bad. You understand that? And the very next verse, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Meaning, those who love it, meaning some people get intoxicated. I hate to say this, but it's true. With using their power to squash other people and to make them feel horrible and to try to feel powerful that way. Well, guess what? They love that. So they're going to actually eat of its fruit. But the same is true in the opposite, that when we speak life and we start to love seeing the treasures in people and calling out those treasures, we actually, we actually get that fruit. We get to eat of that fruit as well. But this is a very big deal. This is a serious deal. And I, I bring this part up because... Um, let me just say what Jesus is not saying when he says that if you don't forgive, your father won't forgive you. This is not a heaven or hell statement. If it were, if, this, if what that statement means is that if you're on your deathbed and you, there's anyone you didn't forgive, well, sorry, bummer for you because God can't forgive you. Well, if that's true, hmm. First of all, I don't even know that, Father. But secondly, um, I don't know that any of us would be there with him. Because which one of us hasn't? Not only not only have we um, not forgiven people, but there are times certainly where it's so buried because of pain. We don't even know. <laughs> We've so buried it. We don't even know until the Holy Spirit shows us and brings it up. That This scripture, I'll just go back to it real quick, that in red there at the bottom, that's actually an invitation again. I know it doesn't feel warm and fuzzy. It's actually an invitation. But let me, I'm going to show you why. Um, does this sound harsh? <laughs> does this sound like a harsh father? God is our very good and kind Papa. To me, um, the you know, when you use an image like this, you're getting a lot closer to the true heart of the Father. He's the one that made us. He want this is what He longs for is that we are like this with our children because He's like this with us. He always shows us first and invites us to live in our true image, the one that's made just like Him. What do I mean? He always shows us first. He's already forgiven us. He's forgiven us. He's forgiven us. He's forgiven us. It's all through Scripture. We're going to look at those passages in just a minute. I've forgiven you. He's already forgiven you. So what's up with that other one? Well, that has nothing to do with his heart. That's not his actions at all. He's already made the choice to forgive you. He says, I've shown you how to forgive because I hold nothing against you. I haven't even counted your sins against you. I don't even, I don't even keep a record of them. That's his heart. His heart's decided. What he's telling us about is sowing and reaping. What he's saying is, there are certain blessings that I have for you that by your own choice, you're reaping the fruit of what you want to do rather than going my kingdom way. It has nothing to do with whether he forgives you of your sin. 
Remember Jesus said, um, uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm just kind of going off the cuff right now, but so I'm paraphrasing, but where he says that, that if you uh, hold uh, someone's sins, they're, they're held. They're, someone help me with that scripture. Um, it is binding and loosing, that's true. Um, if you retain their sins, they are retained. Do you remember this scripture? Pretty, pretty powerful stuff. Like wh- what? Yeah, actually, we in forgiving, we're we're not, we're not only releasing ourselves, but check this out: we're releasing that person into into their blessing, into their destiny. The very one who you're thinking, well, I don't want to forgive them because they've done bad things to me and they deserve what they get. Well, guess what? You're not only robbing your own self of the joy and the peace that God has for you, but but actually, that person, if they aren't released into who they are. They could hurt some more people. You could actually be part of their healing by releasing them. Have you ever thought about that? That's how powerful this is. That's exactly what he is saying. See, he's partnering with us. We still don't understand. A lot of times we just think, well, God's God's all-powerful. What he does, he does. What we do doesn't matter. No, what you do does matter. It does matter. He gives us all we need to walk in his ways. We lack nothing. So he wouldn't ask you to forgive unless he's given you every bit of his spirit, his heart, his love, his ability to do what he's asked you to do. Check this out in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 in the Message Bible. Watch what God does and then you do it. See, like I I said, he shows you first, right? Watch what God does and then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but it was extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. Love like that. Love like what? Well, not cautious, but extravagant. Not in order to get something from somebody, but to give everything to somebody. Love like that. And you say, Lord, I can't do it. Yes, that's true. This is the gospel of grace. You cannot do it. But he's empowered you. His spirit is inside of you. So the prayer is no longer, Lord, I can't do it, but Lord, help me to do this. This is my choice. And your will is super important. Lord, I will love like this. With with your power in me, this is how I'm going to love. You see the difference? Rather than, Lord, I can't do this. Uh, It's never going to work. I can't do it. He says, no, why don't you ask me for my help? Because I put my very spirit inside of you. And here's the thing, is that the Lord shows us the good life, the one full of love and motivated by love, and the one that keeps no record of wrongs. It's in 1 Corinthians 13, 5. And he says, love like that. That whole litany in 1 Corinthians 13, but one of them is keeping no record of wrongs. He's done that with you, right? Here it is. Just look. I mean, I, I picked three. I could have picked 3,000. I'm serious. Isaiah 43:25 I even I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake in other words it brings him joy to do it and remembers your sins no more 
Ephesians 1, 7, in him we have redemption. That means he bought you back through his blood. What is that? The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Hebrews 10, 17, in the voice, I will erase their sins and wicked acts out of my memory as though they had never existed. Come on. Yes. That... You guys can get happier than that. It's really okay. I know, I know it's been kind of a heavy night, kind of on purpose. So like not heavy as in it's the burdens on us, but heavy as in, wow, this is really a big issue. We really need to take notice because God is highlighting this, right? This thing, we, this is what you will hear us preach here all the time at Blazing Fire. We are free. We are forgiven. We are washed. We are cleansed. We're His. That is the good news of the gospel. And all he's saying is, hey, 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 what you have freely received, freely give. Let the overflow of my love flow out of you. Are we going to get a chance to to practice this? Are there going to be um, some tough situations that will come up? I want to share one with you. And I didn't even know it happened until, until it happened. So this is our house in Pleasanton. And um, we every year we put up lights, and uh, I have my purple tree. Actually, this was before I put some really huge white lights in the middle of that purple tree. But anyway, so it's half done. So um, just, last, just this last week, I was taking the lights down out of, that, out of that tree, out of the purple tree. So I'm up there on the ladder, and I'm, I'm most of the way done, actually. And uh, I'm... <laughs> I turn around and here's two young men walking towards me and they have, you know, dressed nicely with white shirts and ties. Nice, nice peacoats. Oh, okay. All right. And, um, I'm going, okay. I really, really don't want to get into this conversation. Um, so they're yelling out, you know, hey, he's taking the lights down, huh? I said, yep. <laughs> Not traversing down the ladder. And, uh, and, uh, oh, I can't even remember how the whole conversation went. It was a little bit of, of chatter like that, you know, um, and they said, uh, so, um, you, do you, uh, you know what the meaning, want to know what the, you know, you know what the meaning of Christmas is? I said, yeah. Um, Actually, before that, they said, are you a religious person? I'm like, oh boy, how long is this conversation really going to go here? Um, I said, I said, well, actually, I, I just love Jesus. And they said, oh, good, so do we. And I said, awesome. And by this time, I was down off the ladder. And um, they told me that in a little while, they were going to go uh, eat somewhere. And then they, they asked, he said, do you know the meaning of Christmas. Uh, do you want to, you know, oh, we have a card for you if you want to look at the meaning of Christmas on the internet. And I said, cool, thanks. And um, then at the very end, I, I was not the one prolonging the conversation. <laughs> and I said, and I said, well, actually, for the first time, I kind of had a, like, an ounce, you know, a twinkle of love in my eye. And I said, enjoy that dinner. Because I meant it. Like, I wasn't just saying, move on. I was like, enjoy your dinner. 
And, and all of a sudden I saw this look in one of the guy's eyes, like, you know, that, that love sparked more love back. And he said, thank you. Cause he, he could tell there was some genuineness in it. But as they walked away, that was the end of the conversation. I'm just being super real with all y'all here. Cause that was, this is Pastor Brent speaking here that <laughs> didn't use this opportunity to keep his love on. But this is the thing. Instantly, instantly within seconds, Holy Spirit starts talking to me, starts showing me. I start replaying it. He's like, you know why that went that way? Because you had judgment in your heart toward them before they even walked up here. (sighs) Yep. I know sometimes we're busy and we're not going to always have, you know, our day doesn't just get interrupted all the time unless Holy Spirit breathes on it. I, I get that. But that's not what this was about. This wasn't about my time. This was because I had judgment in my heart. Um, and I had decided ahead of time that I wasn't going there. But when, but he also replayed for me that moment in which I actually showed a bit of kindness and I saw the look back. And he said, that's what you could have in the future with anybody if you won't judge them. With these people, the next time they come, anyone else. There's, it's, it's this choice not to judge and this choice to love instead. Remember Doug said something last week. He said, people are not interested in what you believe. They're interested in what you believe about them. And so often we're trying to make it a theological debate. And that's not even the point. The point is, can we get past that theological debate and look into the eyes of somebody and see that little boy or that little girl inside and see the treasures? That's what he's inviting us into. So I'm sharing that story with you because these things are going to happen. And judgment isn't just against people who have done terrible wrongs to you. That Those two guys did nothing to me. Do you see what I mean? We carry judgment in our hearts in a lot of different ways. And the Holy Spirit alone is the one that's going to have to show us where those places are. And when he does, it's an invitation. And I was able to say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, and I want to do it different next time. That's repentance. Right? Forgive me, I'm sorry, is good, but, and Lord, give me your heart to do this differently. Luke six thirty-seven to 40, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. This is what Doug spoke last week. This We love this verse, right? Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And Doug said last week, and this is why I wanted to bring it back up, he said, ah, 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 but look at the context of the whole passage because the whole passage is actually about judgment, about not judging people. And because he goes right on to say this parable... Can the blind lead the blind? They will not, will they not both fall into a pit? The student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Now you might be thinking, well, that's a little out of the blue. That doesn't seem to fit with, um, the first part and, uh, about not judging, but he's giving us the answer. What he's saying, who did Jesus say he came to follow? I do what I see the Father doing. What the Father does, that's what I'm doing. And Jesus is saying, look at, if you're just gonna, if you're just gonna trust your own heart, or you're just gonna, you're just trying to make each other feel nice, yeah, let's both judge this person over here, you know? We'll, 
let's get on that judging bandwagon because it feels better when you have someone with you, right? You could just think, mm, get into it, right? He's like, no, why don't, uh, why don't you listen to your teacher? Who is that? That's your father. He's the one who's teaching you so that we don't fall into a pit. And then this is the very next part of the passage, although I'm going to read it in the Message Bible, that says it's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. Do you have the nerve to say, let me wash your face for you when your own face is distorted by contempt? It's this, I know better than you mentality, again, playing a holier-than-thou part instead of just living your own part. Wipe that ugly sneer off your own face and you might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. This is a... Yeah... In other words, God, um, this is what he's been showing me for years and teaching me for years. I have no right to judge anybody. I mean, if I could just say it in a sentence, that's what he's been teaching me for years. I have no right to judge anybody. And if you judge people, you have no time to love them. Another way that I say it is this. When we judge people, we are not the ones God is going to use to reach them with his love. Those two young men that I talked about, guess what? Because of my heart attitude, I was not the one that day anyway that was going to reach them with his love. Do you see how that works? And here's the truth, is that what we see is the tip of the iceberg of what is really going on in somebody's life. We have no idea. We have no idea. And, and when we look, sometimes God will show us into that under region of this, of this iceberg. Sometimes he'll show us a little bit of the pain, a little bit of the heartache, a little bit of the trauma. He won't show us all of it because really it's not our place to know it all anyway. He'll show us enough to have compassion. Sometimes, but, but here's the other thing is you also want to be seeing the treasures. Like sometimes when you see the top part and you're like, I don't like this person. They're, they're this, they're that, they're grumpy, they're uh, whatever. Um, sometimes what he's showing you when you look down below is he's actually showing you the treasures. He's saying, actually, there's a little boy, a little girl down there who actually, um, you know, before they were hurt, this was their dreams. This was what was in their eyes before it started to get robbed from them. And many times we encounter people down the road and we, we, we have no idea of how wounded they got here, here, and here. And we're stepping into this and we're saying, what's your problem? Because we don't, we don't know. But God will show you. Sometimes he'll show you a little bit of the pain to give you compassion and help them to heal. Sometimes he'll show you the treasures, some of the treasures, so that you can start calling them out and giving this person hope. So I've given you lots of teaching tonight. I, I wanted to. I wanted you to see it in Scripture. Um, what we're going to do right now is actually ask the Holy Spirit to do what only He can do. Um, we're going to move into a time of communion. And um, I want to read to you the passage from... You can go anytime, Todd, if you want. This is Luke twenty-two, fifteen to 20 in The Voice. 
Jesus says, it's been my deep desire to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. Know this, I will not eat another Passover meal until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. He took a cup of wine and he gave thanks for it. Jesus said, take this and share it among yourselves and know this, I will not drink another sip of wine until the kingdom of God has arrived in fullness. And then he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he shared it with them. That passage where it says that Jesus broke it, yes, it is referring to how his body was broken and bruised for us, for our transgressions, as we read about in Isaiah. But also, that word um, broken there in the Greek, it, it, it's talking about being parceled out, portioned out. He's saying, he's saying, by what I'm going through, I am actually parceling out a piece of myself to each and every one of you. You all carry a piece of my glory. This is why you can actually live in the ways that he has demonstrated for you, a way that is not marked by judgment, but one that's, that's marked by love. But before we take communion, um, I actually want to just lead you in prayer. Because um, sometimes, like even in a message like this, and I, to me this message is all tied into an invitation from a loving father who says, I, I have so longed to pour out my kingdom in ways you guys have, have been crying out for. And this is actually, um, I, this is a good thing. This is a blessing that he is saying, I, I want to help you to see places that you can't see so that you will ask for my help for your heart to be cleansed. That's the way this works. But it's a blessing that he's asking us this. So Todd's going to start playing and um, I'm just going to finish first what Jesus said. This is my body given for you. So he did it willingly. He gave himself for you willingly. That's what love does. Do this to remember me. And similarly, after the meal had been eaten, he took the cup and he said, this cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant made in my blood. That's a covenant of grace where he holds nothing against you. Holy Spirit, would you come and help us? Come and rescue us. Save us from misusing, from misunderstanding who we are and misusing what we've been given. We've been given your authority, Lord, never to tear down, never to push people away, to put people in their place, to make them feel less than or excluded or unwanted. Papa, forgive us. Forgive us, Father, when we haven't seen um, we haven't seen your heart. We haven't experienced your heart in such a way that it's transforming the way we are operating with others. 
But I'm asking now, God. I'm saying, Lord, we, we, we are saying to you, God, we give you permission. We give you permission to show us places in our hearts that we can't see. And I, I'm saying, God, would you, Holy Spirit, would you right now bring to mind, whether that's a, in a picture form or they're just seeing a name of somebody or they just know it's somebody, bring to mind for every person, every child in this room right now, God, bring to mind a face or two or three or more of those where there is still something in our heart that we're holding something against that person. And Lord, for me last week, it was a surprise. I'm, I've forgiven those people. I've blessed them. But there was still something in my heart that was hurt. And this time when I blessed them, there was actually a different resolve. There was something different in saying, I do not judge you. Lord, for some in this room, this is going to be someone that's hurt them badly, badly. And yet still, for our health, for our wholeness, for our well-being, you tell us, live the way I do. Forgive. Release the offense. Choose not to judge. for your own sake and actually for the sake of that other person. But it's because of who you are. It's because of what you carry in this room right now. You carry the glory of Jesus. He resides in you. His love is in you. His grace has won you. It's He's won your heart. so with these faces, a face or two or three or more, those that the Lord is putting in front of you, I want to ask you to use your voice. I want to ask you to use your voice because our tongue carries the power of life and death in it. It does. Even if you never say these words to that person, perhaps they've already actually gone on. Perhaps they aren't living here in the earth. Or maybe they're not safe enough to be with, but you still could release them. You can still release any judgment in your heart. It's super important for, for you. It's the kingdom. And so I want to, I want to encourage you in just a minute to say some words out loud with me. And we're all going to say them together just, just so that, um, so that nobody's listening to anybody. I'm just, I know we got the kids coming in, so I'm kind of stalling just for a minute. So again, I I just want to encourage you. Let the Holy Spirit show you. For some of you, it might even be a surprise. It might be like, wow, I kind of thought I had already forgiven that person. That's okay. If he's shown it to you, just do it again. Just do it again. Because he may be doing something at a deeper level. And so right now with these with the faces or the names of these people in front of you, 
I would like you to say out loud to them. We're all going to say this together, but to say out loud to them right now, I do not judge you. I forgive you. I release you. I choose to hold nothing against you. And I bless you. And that last one, I know that could be tough. Like, what? I don't want to bless this person. Yes, yes, you do want to bless them. Your tongue carries life. And even if even if they're not safe to be around, even if they've already gone on from this life, you can still bless them. You can still bless them. It's the right thing to do. It releases you. It releases them. It's the way of the kingdom. I bless you. Father, thank you. One thing I know, God, that every time we choose to forgive, there are chains that are dropping away. Every time. God, this is one of the most powerful weapons we have in our arsenal. We don't even know it. It's so powerful. God, teach us to forgive quickly. Teach us to release quickly. Yes, where we need to talk to somebody and say, hey, you hurt my heart. We're learning to do that. We need your help to do that. We want good relationships with the people that we want to go deep with, which means being real with each other. But it doesn't mean holding on to unforgiveness or judgment. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to show us quickly in the coming days and weeks and months and years. Show us quickly when our heart is turning back towards judgment. Show us, Holy Spirit, so that we can turn and agree with life instead. Because that's what we were made for. For some of you, there's still more, there's more that the Lord wants to do. Meaning, um, even though I was walking you through some things to say, there's still more things your heart needs to say to these people and I want to encourage you to do that like take the time right now we're going to take communion we're you know we're ending earlier on purpose to give you time there's no rush let the Lord search your heart maybe maybe you sat there and said I really can't think of anyone that's okay but give him a few more minutes say Holy Spirit is there anything maybe you still want to tell me anyone you want to show me still that I need to release And when you feel like you're ready, then we're going to invite you up to take communion. We, um, the way we do it is you take a piece of bread and dip it in the juice and, and eat it right there up front. And as we do that up front, um, So as you come forward, um, 
Karina and Susan will be on one side and Suzanne and I on the other. And um, we're going to be releasing to you, I'm talking to you guys too, that we want to release the things that I really thought to release. You can say anything the Lord puts on your heart, but I want to make sure we are speaking to you two things. One, that you are forgiven. I mean, plain and simple, as you take communion, you are forgiven. There is no condemnation, okay? And the second thing is um, that you are empowered to love. In some way, we want to tell you those two things. You're forgiven and you are empowered. You have more power inside of yourself to live this life of love and grace than you could possibly imagine. So again, um, and Todd, if you want to sing things, go for it. Um, if you need time to just reflect, please do. If you want to come up and kneel up here for a while, please do. Prayer teams, if you want to pray for people tonight, um, after you come up, why don't, why don't you go over towards the, the piano, and if you need healing prayer, please go there and do that. If if healing prayer teams, if, if you don't want to do that tonight, if you're in a different place and just want your heart to soak, that's okay too. So, Father, we thank you for this invitation. It was given to us through Jesus on the cross, the invitation to to come and to be restored and to be made whole. Jesus, we receive your healing. We receive your forgiveness. We remember everything you've done to set us free. (sighs) We celebrate you, Jesus. We so are so grateful for you. And Lord, thank you that you've empowered us in this time in history to be the ambassadors of love, to be the bringers of hope. And we give you access to our hearts, not just tonight, but continually. Holy Spirit, help us to give free access to you all the time. In Jesus' name.